Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. We live in a world of spiritual seeking. Even those that we might consider to be the most secular of individuals will turn to spirituality in order to find the answers to their deepest questions or a remedy for their deepest hurts. Lauren and I have some friends who have been dating for a number of years, and like many in my generation, they don't get married, they just move in together. And uh, they hit a rough patch in their relationship, and so they decided what they needed to do uh, was to, what is it going to take for us to move from here? Now, what you need to know about the man in the relationship is uh, he is the envy of many men uh, in Beaufort, South Carolina. Uh, when she was expecting an engagement ring, he went out and bought a new fishing boat. And uh, it didn't go over well. Uh, but uh, he's a good old boy. And they decided that what it took for them was to leave Beaufort, South Carolina, and to enroll on a weekend training course where the, whereby they would become certified yoga instructors. So I need you to imagine this good old boy in lotus position, uh, down on a mat, uh, thinking this is what it's going to take to get our relationship uh, back on track. And yet, it would have cost them a lot less money, and they would have saved a lot of time had they opened up their Bibles to Second Kings chapter 5. What they would find is that spiritual truth is not found in faraway and exotic places, and that it is not hidden and hard-to-find spots. In fact, spiritual truth finds the seeker. It is not difficult, and it is not complicated. In fact, it is very simple. And this is hard for us to see as human beings. 
It's not only our friends who think that they need to go off to some yoga retreat weekend to, to find themselves or to be recentered. Uh, we see this in some of the greatest stories of all times. We see it in things like Indiana Jones, any of the movies. Remember The Last Crusade? where in order for Indiana Jones to obtain the Holy Grail, he has to go through all these series of trials and, and do all of these things, and at the very end, he has chosen wisely. Right. Now, what if, at the beginning of the movie, uh, Indiana Jones walks out his front door and stumbles over a UPS package containing the Holy Grail, and then the credits begin to run? Right. We'd boo, right? This would be awful. This would be awful. Uh, but it's not just in the movies. Several years ago, uh, and it was on the New York Times bestseller list for weeks, was Elizabeth Gilbert's Eat, Pray, and Love, uh, whereby she went on this journey after undergoing a terrible divorce and another broken relationship. She went to Italy to eat and to try to find herself, and then she went to India to pray and get in touch with her spiritual being, and then finally to Bali in Southeast Asia where she would find uh, love. And a lot of people connected with Gilbert's book, and that's my point. But let me tell you here and now that you don't have to travel to Italy, India, or Bali to find answers to life's questions. They are as accessible as can be. Naaman was one of those who sought far and wide for an answer to the problem that was troubling him. See, Naaman was a worldly man, a man of great valor. He is accomplished, successful, popular, loved, the kind of person all of us would like to be, except that he has leprosy. And in his mind, and in the minds of others, if not for his condition, he would be the perfect man. From our point of view, if not for his leprosy, Naaman is the kind of person that we would all like to be. And Naaman knew that he was somebody. And he hears that in another land there is one who can help him. So he and his entourage head to Israel with a letter of introduction from the king of Syria and around $100,000 in spending money if they need it. And Elisha the prophet tells the king of Israel to send Naaman to him. And so Naaman and his huge and glorious entourage of horses and chariots come rolling up to a meager dwelling place where Elisha lives. It is not impressive. And before Naaman can dwell too long on this disappointing residence where this great prophet is supposed to have lived, a messenger comes out and says to Naaman, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored, and you shall be clean. Naaman is mad. Man, is he mad. I am important, and Elisha himself should have come out and given me this message. But even worse, this message that has been given, it's ridiculous. What? Is that all there is to it? If that's all there is to it, I could have stayed home. We have rivers in Syria, and they're a lot nicer than the River Jordan. But as they are pulling out of Elisha's driveway, his servant comes up to him and says, My father, if the prophet had commanded you to do something great, would you not have done it? In the world that we live in today, full of spiritual seekers, many are turning away from the gospel in rage, 
Because it's too simple. Well, what is the gospel? If you want a concise scriptural definition, you need to look no further than 2 Corinthians 5.21, which says, For our sake God made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to become sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That is, Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins. If you believe in him, God will forgive you and accept you out of grace. That's it. Full stop. That's it? People will ask. Surely there's more to it. Where do they have to go? What do they have to read? What program do they have to sign up for? What regimen do they need to begin? What is their role to play in being made clean? The very simple answer is, believe in Jesus Christ and live. Do you realize that this is the answer to your problem? Any problem? This is the way to overcome any obstacle, any problem in your life? And if you think this is overblown, you are like Naaman in his chariot, racing away from the very thing that he longed for. But you think, it couldn't be so simple as that. Do you know, unbelievers are not the only ones who think that this message is too simple. Christians can fall into this trap just as easily. When I first became a believer, I reveled in the gospel message. It brought me such delight and I would find myself overwhelmed with emotion when I thought on what God did for me through the cross. But as I grew older and deeper in my faith, I began to think, okay, I get the gospel, but now it's time for me to really plumb the depths of faith. I need to begin to focus on more substantial matters of faith. I began to read books and go on retreats, which are well and good in and of themselves, and I constantly sought the next spiritual high or mountaintop experience. And after a while, I became immune even to them. What's next, I thought. Well, I had lost sight of the gospel. I had lost sight of the fact that Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners. It was not just a starting point, but it was the point. It was not just the beginning, but the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. I was a well-intentioned Naaman who sought spiritual truth, but thought it must be found in the complex and in the intellectual. While going through this stage of faith in my life, I happened to stumble upon, or rather, God thrust upon me one of Charles Spurgeon's sermons on this very text. And here is what Spurgeon preached to his congregation in London many years ago. I am somewhat myself in the position of Elisha when Naaman the Syrian came dashing up with his horses and his chariots and stood at the door of the house of the prophet. There are before me in this house, I fear, many who are spiritually diseased. Your motive for coming up to this assembly should be to hear the gospel and to discover the remedy by which your spiritual disease may be removed. But what, let me ask you, are really the thoughts that occupy your minds? I can suppose that you are looking for different things from me. One perhaps imagines that something will be said odd and strange that shall provoke a smile. Another imagines that I shall labor to make some display of elocution 
and speak tender words softly, like flakes of feathered snow melting as they fall, and so draw forth the silent, graceful tear. When both of these are alike disappointed, you will probably say to yourselves, well, it is only the old story we used to hear when we were in Sunday school. It is just what we have listened to Sunday after Sunday till we turn away overstuffed with it. It is believe in Jesus Christ and live. There is nothing fresh or new to stimulate our intellect, nothing original to whet our curiosity. And when I read these words, it cut me to the quick because I realized that in my life I was searching for spiritual ladders, even as a Christian, to get to heaven. And what I had lost track of was this precious gift and truth of the gospel, the only thing that had the power to transform me. And Naaman believed it, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness. Before you go to bed tonight, if you want, you can open up your Bibles and read verses 15 through 19 of 2 Kings chapter 5, and you will see a changed man in Naaman. Not just healed of his leprosy, but cleansed. A different man. A new man. He has been made clean by grace and now understands what he once thought was too simple was not only his salvation, but contained a message so deep that it is hard to comprehend. It ought to overwhelm you and me, God's great love for those in need of rescue. For God sees through the exterior of our lives and looks at our hearts and says, that is what I want. That is what I am going to make right. That is what I am going to save. You can keep your horses and chariots, your money, your title, your pride, your ego. I want you. Whether you are an unbeliever this morning who finds this message too simple and therefore turns to find an answer more stimulating, or you might be the Christian who has lost sight of the power of the life-changing message of the gospel, know this. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins, and sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. Spiritual truth finds you. The gospel, simple, but with the power to save and make you clean. Amen.